You're listening to episode 155 of the Marathon Running Podcast. It's now time to get inspired because in this episode, we're going to bring you a father-daughter duo who's been running marathons for the past 25 years. This is the Marathon Running Podcast by Letty and Ryan from We Got The Runs. Join us in our running community for weekly content that is motivational, educational, and inspirational, and let the Marathon Running Podcast take you from the starting line to the finish line and beyond. Hey runners, and welcome back to the Marathon Running Podcast, where we bring you the latest and greatest in all things running, from motivation to training, nutrition, mental strength, and race recaps. We bring you the stories and all the experts for the above, so that you can make your running journey everything that you want it to be. And I'm your host, Letty, and unfortunately, my co-host, Ryan, couldn't join us today, but don't worry, we'll have him back soon. But today I'm flying solo, and that's okay. It's been a while since I've done this, but I'm excited to be here and share some thoughts with you all. And here's one of my thoughts from this morning. So one of the things I really love about this podcast is that we get the opportunity to connect with runners from all over the world. We've talked to professional athletes and amateurs, and we come to find that every runner has a unique story. And that's what we really love. We love hearing about their experiences. And along those lines today, I want to share a story that recently touched my heart. It's about a father-daughter duo who've been running marathons together for the past 25 years. I found Nadia on Instagram as she posted a very heartwarming video of her and her dad crossing the finish line together at Boston, and it totally moved me. It's a tearjerker, so I'm going to link it in our show notes. But anyway, their running relationship is just something special, and I wanted to learn more about them. So I reached out, and luckily they agreed to come on the show. So I interviewed them. And we talked about how they got started, about what keeps them motivated, their lows, including a cancer diagnosis. And since they have done a ton of races, we also talked about logistics of how to pick races and how they train, how they work together to make all of this happen. So with all that, sit back, get ready to be inspired by this amazing father-daughter duo. And I'm now going to play my conversation with them. All right, so I'm on here with Nadia and Jorge Ruiz. Thank you guys for joining me. Thank you for inviting us. Thank you for having us. Yes, I'm super excited because I watched your reel on Instagram and tears came to my eyes, super inspired. So maybe tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are, your background, and what has gotten you into running. Yeah, so my name is Nadia Ruiz. I am uh, born and raised from L.A. My parents are actually from Ecuador. So my dad's from Quito and my mom's from Loja, and they were immigrants, and they came to this country with hope and desire to start the dream and the family. So living in that immigrant family from humble beginnings, it was just how I was raised and and, and taught. So I just saw the hard work ethic from my parents and families. They're like, you know what? Your education is always your ticket to opportunity. And that my my family is a big, big, important part of my life. It always has been. It was just us because we left all of our extended families. Like that's all that I knew. I didn't have cousins. I didn't have grandparents. I just had my parents and my siblings until uh, I just got inspired by watching the Ironman World Championship on TV. I was like, what is an Ironman? What is a triathlon? What is this? What is going on? So when I saw the Ironman, I, I did some research on it and I was probably 12 or 13 years old at the time. And that's when I, I just was inspired by what the human body can do. I was like, wow, you can swim 2.4 miles, you bike 112 miles, and then you run a marathon, which is 26.2 miles. I was like, 
that is unreal, unreal that the human body and mind can do that. And this is coming from a child who has no idea what endurance sports was, you know, back then. So I did my research and I go, one day I want to do one. I want I want to see if I can do that. Like that seems like something you can train for and just endure and just keep as long as you just keep pedaling, keep swimming, keep moving, you can get to that finish line. It's not like almost it, I thought back then it doesn't really require the skills like team sports do. So uh, you know, I was inspired to do my first marathon from that. And then that's where my dad came in. Uh, the story of my, my father and I had our journey started 25 years ago. So I signed it up. I signed up for the LA and my dad's like, what are you doing? How are you going to do that with no training, no gear? Like not, you just started the running and cross country. I had never ran more than five miles. So he's like, well, if my daughter's doing it, I'm going to do it with you. So he signed up for his first marathon. He was 40 years old at the time and I was 14 and we did LA for our first marathon. Complete ignorance. Didn't know what was, what was happening, but it's pure in pure, like just adrenaline, pure excitement, pure hope. And that's what got us through the first few miles until I hit a very hard wall at mile 12. Like just everything shut down everything hurt i mean it was a building up but i just sat down on on the the curb and crying everything just hurts i go dad i can't do this i can't like i i was way over my head i should have trained i should have prepared i this is way harder than i thought and so he went down on his knees and, and knelt, knelt next to me and said mija that if this is your dream and this is your goal, I'm here with you and we're going to get to the finish line together. And so let's get ourselves one foot in front of the other and we're going to get to that finish line, whatever it takes. And so I was like, I, I was just so inspired that my dad was still willing to endure this with me and wouldn't let me, wouldn't let, let me give up. And so that was like, okay, I can't give up because he won't give up. So I can't give up for him and I can't give up for myself. So it was then like learning about doing something not only for yourself, but doing something for somebody else because that makes it even more empowering when you do it that way. It's beautiful when you do it for yourself, but it's just, it becomes way more powerful when you have someone else that that's there for you and, and that's believing in you and helps you believe in yourself. So we crossed our finish line to the first, our first marathon that, and with tears of joy and tears of pain and just pure excitement. But that was the day that we fell in love with running. And we've since then have followed a 25-year running journey together. That's really awesome. Jorge, can you please tell us your side of the story? I was born in Quito, Ecuador, in the Barrio La Tola 65 years ago. I was not a runner per se, but I remember when I was a kid, I think this is what inspired my kids to run. Uh, I went to the stadium to watch my soccer game, but I didn't have money to get in the stadium. So I went to the to a section where the kids were allowed to go in free. And coming back from the stadium, didn't have money for the bus. I was walking. It was a long, 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 long walk from the uh, Stadio Atahualpa to where my house. And uh, in my way home, I found I came across another stadium that is no longer there. It's called the Elegido. And there was a, a, a track or some competition, running competition. I went in there and I was just watching. I was a kid, I don't know, maybe 10, 12, I don't, I don't remember exactly. And, and and I was sitting down there watching the kids running, and one of the one of the, the somebody in there asked me if I want to run. I said, Yeah. Uh, I didn't have shoes, I didn't have anything, I just run and I and I and I won. 
and I won the race and they gave me a pair of shoes. But I walk home with a pair of shoes, uh, uh, happy as as you can imagine, because I wasn't, in, I, it was within me that uh, the running thing, that I, did, I didn't discover that. I, I walk a lot, but then the running thing was within me. Uh, and then I used, we used to run with with uh, with the friends at the, in El Barrio to different uh, uh, hot springs nearby. And so we used to wake up at five o'clock in the morning and then call them up and start running and then come back. Uh, no money. I mean, I mean, there's we were very poor and um, just just running and, and going to the swimming pool uh, and, and, and swim and then come back running again. That's how that's how it was. And then, and then uh, I think that I was 17 or 18. I signed up for the first, my first half marathon, but I, I didn't have any idea. I have no clue whatsoever. And I was running with a, with a beanie. And somebody told me, get rid of that beanie because it was too hot. I didn't know that. I don't know the time. I don't know how much it took me, but it was a long half marathon that, that, I, that I ran without uh, training with at all. I mean, it's just crazy that I did. And so that's how I, uh, and then I came over to the States in 84 when the marathons, uh, the LA marathon started. And I, I remember I used to go, I live in an apartment complex and I used to go on the right next, right behind the apartment complex was a school. I used to run around the campus, around the, uh, the stadium. And I said, I'm gonna run a marathon, I'm gonna run a marathon, I'm gonna run a marathon. I never did until 98. Uh, 95, I think it was 90, 94, 95, one of those years, I think it was 95, when uh, uh, Rolando Vera, I uh, used to train in Boulder, Colorado. Rolando Vera, very short Ecuadorian guy uh, from Cuenca. Uh, he uh, he came and participated on the LA Marathon and, and he beat uh, 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 Mike Plates, I think it was, because they complained about he was... Uh, Running behind him for the uh, for the most entire race and in mile twenty two or so, he took the lead and and beat him. So I took my Nadia, Nadia and Junior to see him. He rained a lot, and, and there was a clip on the on the, uh, Telemundo that I, I taped it. I, I know I have it. The VHS that uh, it was so exciting and I was I tear uh, and, and was crying to see Ecuadorian. I, I had the, my, I had my flag, and uh, I remember that Exposition Boulevard that they used to run Exposition Boulevard, and it was a, a railroad track, and now it's a metro. Uh, and and uh, I was running along along the tracks with them, and I let them on the corner, and and came a, a police a bike came and pushed me out. I almost fell on the track, and and I knew that uh, he he. Uh, he won the, mar the, the marathon, and I think um, Nadia got uh, got the uh, so excited that I was so happy. I mean, extremely happy that uh, he won. And um, <clears throat> and in '98 was when and and in, in, uh, in, in uh, high school when she said, "Let's run the marathon," just like that. I said, "Okay, let's go run the marathon." I have no idea what I was getting into. But for you as a father, right, 
you could have said, that's great. Let's go. I'm going to cheer you on, which is what probably most parents would do, right? So what made you decide, okay, she's doing it. I'm not going to just cheer her on. I'm going to actually do it with her. I can't explain this. I, I don't know how. I don't have the words. It's within me. I just can't be on the sideline. I can't. I, I know my body is worn. They have a lot of wear and tear because of, of my age first and then work of over 40 years in construction. Uh, I'm still, but my mind is not set to rest. It's, I, I, it's within me. I can't explain. I, I just can't. I had to be there. I can't say, okay, I'll go one time. Just one time was... Uh, I didn't. I didn't run. I was on the sideline. I said no more. This is mm -hmm. never going to happen again. It was not. I couldn't take it. I just can't. It's I'm, terrible that, that I can't. I'm not there running. It, <laughs> it's definitely a good quality to have, right? And so, 25 years of running with your dad. How many marathons have you guys done together? We. I keep. I have, a, I have an Excel spreadsheet of all of our races as a family. So I've done 152 marathons. My dad has done 81 marathons. Uh, we have both done probably 120 half marathons together. We've shared countless 5Ks and 10Ks. And I also uh, got him into triathlon. His first triathlon was at age 57. So we shared a few triathlons together because he was inspired to do also do an Ironman one day. So I was like, okay, let's start you out with a sprint, an Olympic, a half iron, and let's build up. And, and I, I trained him for that. And it was like, we got, we have to get you started. He's 65 years old now. So for him to do his first triathlon at age 57 was very heartwarming and very touching. And I was so just proud of him, just so proud of him to not be afraid to try something new and to do something new continuously at his age just he loves to learn he loves to to try new things and just like me like I, I I'm a I, I'm an educator by, by background by trade and so as an educator you're you're a student for life and you love to keep continuously learn and so like the number of races that we've shared is is just in the hundreds I've done 600 lifetime 600, 600 over 600 races in my life in the past 25 years so we've shared hundreds of them together that's amazing. I mean, that number is just unfathomable for many of us. Many of us will never even get close to that number. So how do you pick your races? I I choose races based on like, what makes him excited. What And he loves half marathons and half marathons aren't, don't beat up his body so much, but he loves to travel too. So then I, I try back then, like I used to choose marathons that he would really like, those were his destination ones. So we've done um, the Havana Marathon together in Cuba. We've done a um, Marine Corps Marathon. That was for his birthday. He really was inspired by the Marines and he wanted to do that. And that was like touching to his heart because he served as well. And he, we did Great Wall Marathon in China as well. That was one of our destination marathons. So some of these marathons were destinations because we just love to just experience a new country, a new culture, a new challenge together and we still we come back to LA Marathon every single year for 25 years so now that he's racing a lot less because his body is just deteriorating more and more each one is just special each one is just very very delicately chosen so that it doesn't tear him apart because it it's painful like he he lives with chronic pain every single day so this past year actually in uh 
2022, I thought it was over. I thought it was like his running career was done and I, I, I couldn't put him through it anymore. Even my family was like, I think dad needs to hang up his shoes. Like it's, this is it. He, he had so much back pain and so much knee pain that he ended up doing LA marathon in seven hours and 30 minutes, a, a little bit over that. That was his slowest marathon in his 24 years of running. So I was really afraid. I was like, I don't, I don't want to hurt my dad. I, I, he, he turns into a kid at these races. I, you know, it's almost like when you're a kid, when you're a child, you're an adult child, your parents become your children as when they're seniors, because you see them and like, all I want them to do is be happy. All I want to do is see them just have a high quality of life in their golden years. And when I see him at races, he is extremely happy, just jumping for joy and, and just smiling and, just like that internal glow. And I love to see that. I love to see that in my parents. And and if, if I can replicate that as long as I can, I will do what it takes to replicate that because his happiness is my happiness. And I think that comes from when you love something so much, you want to see your loved ones happy because it makes you happy. So I was so afraid last year when it was a seven hour, seven hour and a half marathon. So like, okay, Let's kind of figure out. So I started taking him to PT and treatments. Like, I'm like, let's go get you massages. Let's go get you sports med chiros. Let's go get you acupuncture. Let's go get you. I need to get you the treatment that I get, that I get so that let's see if this helps you. Because unfortunately, your surgeons, all they do, all they want to do is just pump you with pain medication. All they're doing is giving him shots. And all they're doing is just prescribing, you know, just pain, pain meds. And that just, that leads to constipation that leads to other problems in your body and I'm a complete person of just trying to figure out what the problem is and trying to find ways to live with it <clears throat> excuse me and and be able to like not opt always for drugs so starting like la last winter when the LA marathon season was coming again we took probably a good three-month training block to prepare for his effort to come to LA again and go, my parents, my family was afraid. They're like, we don't want that to happen again. We don't I go, okay, I'll do what it takes and I'll figure it out. So when he did the half marathon in three hours again, I was like, Oh, it's not a good thing. Like this is probably, you know, and he, he finished in tears. Cause he, and he, my dad, like he'll finish in tears because he's also accepting that this is probably the end. Like this is hurting me so much physically, but I'm, I'm not ready to say to let go. And my dad even says that too. He's like, I, I enjoy this. He's like, but I don't, I don't want to hang up my shoes. I don't want to. I'm like, okay. So I shifted my whole work schedule. I shifted my whole training schedule to really focus this last four months on my dad. And, and I, I'm extremely grateful and extremely proud of what we were able to accomplish in these last four months because I started taking him out on the trails. I started taking him out and then feeding him like every supplement and every nutrient that I can of healthy diet, using every recovery modality that I could from compression boots to Theragun to the E-STEM to, to just everything that I could, almost treating him like a professional athlete. And unfortunately, right now, he still he's, he still hasn't retired, but he goes from project to project with as an electrician. So right now, fortunately, he's not working so that I was able to devote this much time and scheduling appointments and treatments with him to help him manage his pain. It was just all about pain management. And the training was only once a week. I would only take him on the, the trails because I know he just has a lot of mental grit and he has a lot of like just cardiovascular engine in him that that will get him through. It was just like, as long as I can alleviate the pain, I can keep him moving. 
And it was a wonderful in February to have him run a half marathon in 205. So he went from a three hour half marathon to a 205. So we were so elated, so excited. And he was just like, Mika, I did it. I did it. He's like, I don't know what you're doing, but it's working. And it's just happy, happy. I'm like, okay, this is a great sign. This is such a great sign. So we continued that same process and an LA marathon this year in March, he ran um, a five, five forty forty five, And so to go from a seven thirty last year to a five forty five this year, extremely happy, extremely like, and we're so happy. So then that was last month. And now we, we knew Boston was this once in a lifetime opportunity, once in a lifetime to prepare him, which is why I devoted the last four months to him. And I'm like, all right, Boston it is it's like we know it's coming and we've been training we've been we put aside everything and sacrifice to just have you my goal is just to have him survive this pain not pain-free but in a way where he can at least move his body as smoothly as possible to enjoy and and perform like he'd like to and with Boston we made the decision I was like well I'm gonna give up my Boston and I'm gonna pace my dad I'm going to pace him so that we can experience this this marathon together, this once in a lifetime experience, but also to really help help tap into what he can do on race day. Super amazing. And uh, what advice do you have considering running a marathon with a family member? I would never give up. You'd never give up and be annoyingly persistent. <laughs> Uh, that's what it's taken because uh, there's been like during, like I said, this is 25 years of running together. And during those first few years when I was a teen and during college, it was a little easier because he was more willing to. But there was like we all go through different life stages and there's there's things that pulls us pulls us pulls us away from our joys or pulls us away from our hobbies that just we're like, we have to be uh, take care of this and it's stressing me out and whatever it is. So we don't devote ourselves to what's important and that's taking care of our, our health. And that's like running. Running helps us take care of our health. And so there have been times during that 25 year stage where my dad's like, Mika, this is enough. Like, I can't right now. I can't do this. And I told you not this race or, you know, we'll hit hurdles. I'm like, I know you're going to be happy out there. I know that you don't want to do this right now, but when you're out there, you're happy. So we bumped heads. We bumped heads quite a few times during those middle years. And like, no, I know you're happy. So let's go do this race and you'll enjoy it. And I do all the race planning and all the race coordinating. And, and you know, and he's basically my sponsored runner now. And I, I, I love to like just get him the greatest and latest when it comes to gear. Because like, you know, in the beginning years when I was a teenager and a kid, and he was my, he, that's what parents do. They do everything it takes to help you succeed to help you find your joy and so now my parents are are that like I basically want to give them everything that I can to help them find joy in movement help them find joy in fitness and in health because those are the qualities in life that just are are priceless super amazing so I kind of want to hop into the unfortunate diagnosis that you received in your 50s that you had cancer and you've since beaten it and you know you're in remission. Can you maybe tell us a little bit about that? What happened to you and then how did that affect you? 2010 was a very 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 bad sad year financially and and as far as health. And uh, um, on May I had my uh, my second surgery on my knee. Uh, my left knee, uh, and that was, was was on May. I was coming. I was going back to get my um, my checkup 
on on June when they asked me for a, a PSX exam. My PSA exam came came high. I can't remember the number. And the doctor said, "Well, I'm gonna give, give, put you on the uh, on the very aggressive medicine." Uh, it, it was bad uh, medicine uh, for 30 days. Uh, after 30 days, I went back. They told me that uh, the PSA is still high. Uh, they they said I was they were going to do. They did a uh, uh, there was there was a procedure that they do to take samples of the prostate gland. Uh, 12, uh, 12 samples. Uh, I can't remember the, when it's called, but it goes inside the, well, anyway, the, it was very uncomfortable and they had took 12 samples of, of the prostate gland. And they, uh, after that, they called me and they said, uh, your doctor's not here, but the results came back. Do you want me to, do you want it to read it to me? Do you? I said, yeah, sure. I mean, it won't change anything. And the doctor said, "Yeah, you got cancer. So uh, it just everything came cr uh, crashing down, and 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 it, and I couldn't digest that with the words. I just couldn't. I I, I stay mute, and I, I left. So I came home, and I sent a, a text to everybody that I've been diagnosed with uh, with cancer." Uh, so everybody, my family came together and we were here, a lot of support. And, uh, because of work, there was no work and uh, my running hours were, my, my health hours were running out and, and I didn't have uh, enough time for a, for a radiation because I had to go back to work. Uh, and uh, they decided to take the the most the radical approach, which was the prostatectomy, the the, the, uh, the surgery. So that was on September 18. That was the closest, the soonest they had it, 2010. And I was I was I was recovering. I got uh, T-bone with in a car car accident in December. So I ended up with three dislocated uh, discs that are herniated and they're giving me problem now. A lot of uh, sciatic problems uh, on my back. And uh, so I told my daughter, she said, everybody said, no, you're not running the LA Marathon. I said, yes, I am. I'm gonna walk it. And I walked it for nine hours, I think. I walked it for nine hours and I completed the LA Marathon. It was, it was tough. But I did it. I mean, I'm really happy to hear that all of this has passed and it was a bad year. Nadia, do you remember what was going on in your mind when you found out? Uh, yeah, it was very, it was very, very clear. I mean, my dad was only in his fifties, and and to to even think and fathom that I was potentially going to lose my father in his fifties, I I wasn't ready. You're never ready to lose your your parent, and I just. I, I was floored. And that's when I said, I'm like, okay, whatever you need, dad, we need to be here together. We need to, it's just the family and moral support. And it was in the summer. And that's when I said, okay, whatever you're, you're going to go through and, and, and go your procedures, I'm going to be by your side. So I was going to stop all my training and I stop all like work as well. And they go, everything put, gets put on hold. And I was training for my first Ironman at that point. And that's when my dad told me, he said, Mika, he's like, you keep training. This is your childhood dream. I will be there at the finish line for you. And like that, 
that was the the line that I needed to hear and, and see like my dad's gonna fight this. And if and if he's gonna be strong, I have to be strong to continue to live because it, it's a, when you get those type of news, sometimes it floors you so much that you want to stop everything and you're like, what do I do now? What what do I do now? But it, the important part is you have to keep fighting and you have to keep going. And having my dad just say those words and that he's going to be there, that means he's going to fight and he's not morally giving up. And that's kind of a, a big mantra within us is like, you just never give up no matter how hard life gets, no matter whatever challenge and setback that it throws at you. So I continue to train and he went through his procedure. And I mean, it, it, it because everything changes, everything changes its meaning. Like what, when you go out for a run and when you go out for a swim, it becomes like this where you just cry and pour everything out and like my god like what why am I doing this now but you need it like you need it to kind of process the emotions that, that you're feeling and so that's why my first Ironman was in in July when my whole family went up to Sonoma County Northern California it was is very special to share with my family it was very special to live my my childhood dream that's kind of what I I, I got into the sport but the most important the most memorable was crossing that finish line. It was already the sun was setting. I started at sunrise and the sun was setting in the summer, crossed that finish line and I ran straight into my dad's arms. And I just, and I cried. I was like, I did it. And just to have my dad there, that was very, 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 very meaningful. It's like, I, I don't, I'm, I'm not ready to lose you. I'm not ready to lose you. I don't, I'm never going to be ready to lose you. <laughs> so it, it was a um, very meaningful, meaningful finish line. That's amazing. And then also seeing your dad fast forward a few months later, doing the LA Marathon, despite every single challenge that he has faced and still has that power to get up and continue doing it. It's not just good for him, but it's also setting a great example for basically all of us that we can see comfort in something like running and just continue fighting for, for life, basically. So with that said, um, you guys have done a ton of marathons together. I want to ask each of you, which one out of all of them was your favorite run that you run together? <laughs> the very last one. That's because the very last one was, it was painful. But I didn't want my daughter to see that how painful it was. I, I was in a lot of pain on my back, a lot of pain on my back. I don't know if she sensed it or she felt it, but uh on top of that, I ran with a race that she gave me, thinking that it was, she was, it was going to give me support. But no, it, it was harder. And and uh, it put a lot of pressure on my back, especially going up the uphill on the last six miles, maybe, or more. Uh, and uh, the, 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 the seeing her by me giving me the, words of, of support and that we're going to do it we're, we're going to get it we will be there and, and and within me i was just saying yes I'll, I'll get it i'll get it i'll get it but i wanted it to finish at 1 30 that was my goal 4 30 4 30 and when i when i looked at my my watch and i kept on doing the math on my on my mind i said it's going to happen but i don't want to go on five my much is over five and there were times that I was, my body wouldn't respond and just kept on going by, it's just, why? In my mind, my mind is very strong. Uh, it can push my body to the point that it's, it just, I, I, I felt it that it just didn't want to go anymore. 
and uh, so the the last uh, probably the last few yards or, or meters that uh, on the home stretch yeah when we were close to to the finishing line and she started uh, a video recording the, the finishing and, and I can't see I see how she hit there she was she was running crying and the idea was just lower my head and she said, I want to get it I want to get it so when I finished the I finished the across the finishing line it's just I almost collapsed I almost but I just grabbed her and did it it was it was the best best marathon ever. There was no other one besides the first one, obviously, because <laughs> that was a, that was a no no experience and no knowledge, nothing. Just two rookie guys going for the fun, and then they couldn't walk for a week. You guys inspire I, I me so much, and you know, just to see that this is all possible is absolutely amazing. I'm glad our listeners get to hear. You guys, a story. Nadia, I didn't ask you, what is your favorite race out of all the races that you did with your father? Oh, he just took it. It was, it was, it's like, a, you you can't top my first marathon, sharing it with my dad, my hundredth marathon, sharing it with my dad side by side. And now this, this marathon, the Boston marathon, 25 years later, I think like the first is like, so it was where we fell in love with the sport. We saw that we had the capability of doing something that we weren't prepared for and, and seeing the power of the mind and also the power of believing in somebody else and, and having that support, like me supporting my dad, my dad supporting me and believing in, in each other. And then my hundredth was a celebration of just reaching a milestone, breaking a record. And more so we both were in different states of our life, of course, but my dad was mourning the, the loss of his father. It was on Father's Day. And it was a, like, again, running has so much therapeutic effects of celebration, but also emotional therapy where, you know, my dad ran with a picture of my grandfather on, on his shirt. And, you know, he ran with a lot of emotional pain and a lot of loss that day. But it's like, also like, I'm sharing this with my daughter and this is kind of how we cope with emotional pain is, through running and celebrating the life that, that we lived and the life that we have uh, and also remembering our loved ones. And then I also ran my hundredth marathon with a broken toe. I had, I had stubbed my toe three marathons prior. So those three marathons, I, I had extreme amount of physical pain. My dad had emotional pain, but again, we crossed that finish line hand in hand crying. Like I'd reached that milestone. And again, to celebrate it on father's day, a very special day in San Francisco, and that, things don't usually go as planned, but it's still as special the way it happened. And then the Boston Marathon. I mean, it was a buildup. I think it was a buildup of just the, the whole process of trying to get here. It's not only just getting to 26.2 miles to get there and run this marathon. It wasn't only just this training block the last four months to help prepare him to do back-to-back -back marathons with the body that he has and the age that he is and, and all the ailments that he has. It was a 25-year journey, and I think that's why it was so emotional for me because I've always dreamed of doing an Ironman with my dad. I've, I've, we've always dreamed of doing Boston together, and, you know, I train hard, and I'm dedicated. This is my passion to qualify, and then I can do it, and I did it, but I knew that there was just no way to get my dad to, to qualify, to always to share this moment with him. It's almost like that acceptance, so that finish line, meant so much because it was like a 25-year celebration of of how we started our first marathon and why I love I'm so sorry. 
why I love this sport so much and how empowered it makes you feel. And and I, I want people to feel this feeling that I feel because it's there's nothing like it. There's nothing that it, it helps you value life, helps you value the simple things that you have. And that's what that finish line meant. What it reminded me of our first of our every single one. And I think it was almost like a flash, you know, when people say that they, they see a flash of everything when it's the end. This was like a flash of celebration like of everything that we took to get here, everything. And to see him smiling with and see him have tears of joy. I knew what he was feeling because I was feeling it. And I was so proud of him. I'm so, so proud of him. Wow. You're painting that picture. <laughs> All of our listeners are probably going to tear up just like I did right now. Um, but I want to ask your dad, Jorge, what is the secret for all the parents out there? Most of my listeners are 30s and up, have children, and we all have goals and we try to be the best parents that we can be. But I'm going to ask you because your relationship with your daughter is absolutely beautiful. How did you nurture this relationship? What's what's the secret? <laughs> it, no secret. It's just uh, being uh, next to them, you know, uh, uh, participating, uh, following them and whatever they, they wanted to I, I used to play soccer before when I was young, and uh, in uh, every Sunday I used to go to the soccer games. And uh, I want at, at some time my my wife and my my second my first daughter used to go with me before before Junior was born, and uh, but then uh, I only went my by my by myself. But my daughter, I remember. When she was a little, she used to say, I want to go with you. And then it was a conflict with my wife. And I said, okay, let's go. And and this is funny story that I don't know if I if she ever shared this with anybody. But then I was I was playing soccer and she used to ask me for $2. I said, I gave it the $2. And she was sitting down there with a big torta, eating a big torta. <laughs> so... <laughs> I'm motivated by food. I really am yeah, motivated by food, as Tony. <laughs> Every Sunday, it was she was my number one fan, and 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 with his big torta, and 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 I was there. So that's how I, I guess uh, they saw me playing soccer, and then I couldn't play soccer anymore, and then I switched to volleyball. Uh, like I said, I shared that story with uh, my, my kids. My daughter Angela started to run. Um, it, I, I made I went to her meets a lot of their her meets, but uh, because of work I, I, I couldn't uh, I couldn't attend. So she started running, and I never missed a meet four years in a row. I never I even got laid off from work, but I never missed a meet. So. And even moral of the stories is be there and be there no matter what. I mean, there were times where we, we we fought as father, father, daughter. When I was a teenager, my dad was very strict and 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 disciplined me and had harsh rules of like as a student, as a child, as as an athlete, it wouldn't take less than first place. And if I got second place, he wouldn't talk to me for a couple of days. So it was very harsh. So it's almost like out of fear. I'm like, I got to get first place or else my dad's going to get mad at me. They don't remember the second places. They only remember <laughs> the first places. It's only the winners. The winners, the winners take all of the attention. And the, the second winner, the second places is, who was in second place? 
I don't know. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, I'm going to ask you one more question, Nadia. So for those listeners who don't know of you and haven't seen the real of your dad, I'm going to tag it, but I also would like for you to tell us how they can find you on Instagram. Uh, you can find me on all social media, including Instagram at Iron Girl Nadia. Perfect. And like I said, we'll link that in our show notes. I'm really thankful that you came on and spoke with me and um, told me about your story that inspires so many runners. Thank you guys so much for coming on. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you so much for having us. Truly, truly special. And even just recounting the stories that my dad told, it was very special for me too. All right, guys. So what did you think about this conversation? Honestly, to me, this conversation was super inspiring. And I'd be lying if I said it didn't make me cry a couple of times here and there. But I would love to hear from you guys. And I want you guys to ask yourselves, who is the person that maybe inspired you? Whose running journey did you find super motivating? Let us know by leaving a comment or reaching out to us on our social media. Make sure you follow us on Instagram. We are at Running Podcast. And with all that, thank you for listening. I'll see you on the next episode. Until then, have a great week of running. Thanks for tuning in. For more information, head to www.runningpodcast.us. And as always, have a great week of running.